And here we go. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio. My name is Pete Sweeney. 610 Sports Radio. We got two Sean's. I'm flanked by Sean's. Sean Levine, 610 Sports Radio. Sean Barber, you may know him from the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Julio Sanchez behind the glass. Sean, how we doing? Never been better. By the way, Barbara, are you an S-E-A-N or an S-H-A-W-N? Hey, man, I'm an original. S-H-A-W-N. Oh, okay. Well, nobody's yeah. perfect, but uh, <laughs> I'm an S-E-A-N over here. I'm excited, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, for those of you who don't know out there what Arrowhead Pride is, it's ArrowheadPride.com, SB Nation's site, started years ago by the Thorman brothers. We'll have Joel Thorman on in just a little bit, but we decided now to take what we do on the website and what we do on the podcast with you, Sean Barber, S.H. Sean, and bring it to live radio. Mr. Barber, say hi to the people. How to be the people, the people, the people, the people, the people, the people. I'm the people's champ, ready for action, man. Long overdue, man. Can't wait to get back on this radio, break down these Chiefs, let them know what's going to happen in this 2018 season. Wait, that's Sean Barber? I thought that was Eddie Murphy. What's up, man? <laughs> Hey man, I told you, man. I, I get, I get, I, I get, I get uh, mistaken for him sometime in the airport. That golden child, you know what I'm saying? Some people don't know about that golden child. Barber's a special host because now between the three of us, we have ten years of NFL experience. We're bringing to the table. <laughs> yeah, we do. So that's oh, a very, man. very good thing. We're gonna have Joel Thorman on the show. The writers that you get to read on OurHeadPride.com will have Kent Swanson. He'll preview the Patrick Mahomes offense, what he sees from the college tape, and Craig Saddle beyond will have the defense of the week as well as the beer of the week. And, and Sean, I'm looking at you, Mr. Levine, mm-hmm. and you look like a guy who may appreciate the beer of the week. I absolutely will. That's one of the, uh, the, one of the, uh, the segments that I'm most excited for because I myself am a beer connoisseur. Are you really? Yeah, a bit of one. You know, it depends. I'm actually, I'm actually not. I actually just like go out and try to keep it as cheap as possible. But I'm down with the locals. I'm way down with the boulevard for sure. Craig, Craig Staddle will fit right, right with that bill. He's a big beer guy, brews his own beer, also likes to talk Chiefs defense. We have a former Chiefs defender in the building. Sean, early impressions from what you've seen OTA-wise from this Chiefs defense? Man, draft, OTA, um, Ever since the, the end of last season, man, just this continuing to build upon the foundation of greatness, and I'm not—I uh, mean, I don't—I don't give that to anybody. But I'm telling you, after the second week of the season, after I saw the Chiefs take care of the Patriots and the Eagles, I thought championship was heading to Kansas City. Uh, a couple injuries happened on the defensive side of the ball. Chris Conley got hurt. Then um, some things had to be jumbled around, and we, we, we hit a couple of roadblocks. New York. I think that was. An, I think the roadblocks is an understatement for this Chiefs defense. We hit a dead end of the year. Okay, we hit a dead end, <laughs> and um, it didn't get back on track. But uh, we made some additions on the defensive side. So excited about the draft and how those picks are going to just seamlessly inter- intervene with what's going on with the uh, with the with the coaches doing on the defense side of the ball. Man, I'm so so excited about what's going on with this Chiefs team in 2018. The thing that you you see, I think, at OTAs, and I, I went to every OTA that was available to the media. It was less this year than other years, but. The thing you see is this is a lot younger of a defense, and they have a lot more energy, and there's some excitement to that, and I, th- I think it's going to make a big difference when it comes down to you know that lasting power during the year. Because as, as you remember, as you shoot, you were saying, uh, Barber, beginning of the year they're pretty good, and then as the year went on, a little shaky. And that's what makes me a little bit nervous is when they were good, they were great, but guys, when they were bad, they were awful, and it seemed like it was a month stretch where they played really good defense, and then a month where they're really bad. And Barber, you mentioned that you're excited. 
about some of the young guys. What about the departures, namely a guy named Marcus Peters, who after Eric Berry went down, I thought was the best defensive player and the most important defensive player on this team, and he's no longer in a Chiefs jersey. Man, I don't speak of those that aren't here. I'm worried about the guys, like, you know, the Marcus Peters leaves, but the entrance of uh, uh, Dorian Daniels and the entrance of Mr. Amani Watson. Uh, we got a guy from the from the uh, from the uh, Raiders coming in that is going to challenge. We got the uh, uptick of uh, Steven Nelson, who's going to be, be the, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah, man, we we ready to roll. We we, we good with who we got. We don't need to worry about uh, th- those few players that are uh, from the 2017 season because obviously they wasn't good enough to get it done. So we got we we, we upgraded. We upgraded everywhere. So the defense is going to be uh, guarantee. I'm guaranteeing the defense is going to be solid this year. Is that that's a Sean Barber guarantee? No, no. Like, I don't guarantee much in life, uh, but I'm guaranteeing this defense is going to be top 15 in the league this year. The defense is going to be on the field a lot, Pete, because I think the offense is going to be really good, which means the defense is going to be out there a lot. Because I think potentially this could be a Dick Vermeil-ish type offense on that side of the ball. That's what a lot of people think, and, and I hope so. And we'll get into more Mahomes. I think Mahomes is the biggest guy in this mix You know, when it comes to – this Chiefs team, we're going to get into them in, in detail. We're going to get into in detail in this show, and and I feel you know what, if he's scoring touchdowns and the defense is getting tired out there, that's exactly what you want. No doubt about it. My only concern, and this is kind of a uh, catch twenty two, is that the offense is too good and that the defense is out there too often. Because, like I said, it's been a few years since the Chiefs. The Chiefs' offense, don't get me wrong has been really good between now and back in the day, what, 10, 12 years ago when Dick Vermeer was the head coach. But, Sean, do you agree that potentially on that side of the ball, I looked at the stats, the Rams led the NFL with 29.9 points per game last year, and I think the Chiefs could be all that, maybe even a little bit better. No, definitely, all that and then some. Um, I see, I see, I'm, I'm going to see the Chiefs averaging about 35 points a game this year. Um, That's a big number. Oh, yeah, it might, and that might, I might be uh, short. I might be shortchanging them. I might be a, a field goal or two field goals under what I really think it is, but I don't want to overstep overstep my boundaries uh, <laughs> before I get to see them really on the field uh, come week one. But uh, I think about thirty five, uh, thirty five to thirty eight points a, a game is uh, is something that Pat Mahomes and the, the offensive staff can really put together. I mean, this offense, man, it's 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 built to go. It's built to score. Um, long distance, short distance, and I mean to get first downs, power running game, uh, converting first downs. It's, it's very tough to see an opposing defense stop us. The only thing that would stop this offense is uh, drop ball, uh, personal foul, penalties, those type of things. But as far as our, our ability on the field, uh, first down, first down, touchdown. Any concern, Pete, that, and obviously the biggest question mark on the entire team, offense, defense, special teams, coaching staff, well, some people might say Bob Sutton. I will certainly say the quarterback and Pat Mahomes. Everybody else is ready to go. I think that Travis Kelsey heading into this season supplants Gronk as the best tight end. I think that you're talking about a top five running back in Kareem Hunt and probably two top 20 wide receivers with the addition of Sammy Watkins. Any concern that everybody's ready except for the quarterback? You know, it's it's his first real season and and I, I think that's the thing that people have to remember I don't think it's going to be this perfect season where Mahomes is going to get off week one and, and he's never going to look back like even the great quarterbacks they have bad games so let's let's just assume all right this kid actually is the next Aaron Rodgers it's not like Rodgers never has a bad game sure. so given that this is going to be the second third and fourth game of his career games of his career let's maybe like pump the brakes and say okay he may make some mistakes and hopefully Kansas City doesn't freak out and say, what did we do? When, when he makes those mistakes that every young kid does make. 
Do you think the city's getting a little bit too excited too quick for Patrick Mahomes? Because don't get me wrong. When we've seen this guy, which was college, which was in preseason, which was against the Broncos in the quote-unquote last regular season game, he was really good. Barber, any concern that we just haven't seen him be really good for an extended period of time on an NFL field and we're getting too excited too quick? Not at all. Um, I've been, I spent time with Pat, man, and this guy's he's mature beyond his years. Uh, he's able to absorb the entire offensive playbook. Um, Andy has done a great job, I think, of working with him um, to give him just enough to keep him hungry, keep him asking for more, keep him wanting more. Um, and then and totally as a, a, a comprehensive offense, everybody knows where they want to be. They got guys excited. They, they got you know, uh, Tyreek Hill is, is is definitely excited about being a true number one. No more doubting. No more j- just using him as a as a return. Specialist. Put a number next to it. What do you think? Top eight wide receiver in the league this year? Uh, I'm going with uh, Tyreek Hill. Will be a top five wide top receiver five. this year. Uh, but Sammy Watkins is going to be a top three receiver Ooh. this year. So we're going to have a top three, a top five uh, wide receiver. We're going to have the number number two tight end. Um, it's hard for me to say number two, but. Um, Gronkowski is, is still the number one guy. He's he's unguardable. So, uh, we got number two tight end, and then we're gonna have a top five running back. So, I mean, you put those pieces together, and I don't I don't care if he, if, if Mahomes does have a a, a a subpar game every once in a while. Uh, so many other pieces that can get it going. Um, I think he gets out that funk pretty quick. Always the positivity from Barber. I have someone on the line that's used to that. The blog father, Joel Thorman. How are we doing tonight, Joel? Pete, Sean, Sean, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for having me on. You are the blog father. You are the founder. What does it mean to you that Hourhead Pride now has its own hour in Kansas City? I am. Uh, I'm. I'm, ex- I'm extremely excited. You know, we we started Arrowhead Pride because I didn't feel like there uh, was enough uh, Chiefs content on the internet. Um, you know, I I wanted to be talking Chiefs all the time. Twelve years ago, when we started this. And so it feels uh, fitting, you know, that we partner with uh, 610 Sports, who's also talking Chiefs um, all the time, all day long. Uh, so definitely glad um, that this finally happened, uh, and it, it feels uh, very, very fitting. I'll say this. I mean, I used to work for Chiefs.com, and I think everyone, you know, sort of knows that, who does follow, you know, some of the stuff I do, even with Arrowhead Pride. And I saw, you know, about a year and a half ago, I had to get Joel and went out to a lunch, and I said, you know, the impact that you make in Kansas City through this thing that you create is, is just so powerful. I need to be a part of it. He kind of agreed. Eventually, we figured out how to do that, and here we are. What does it mean to you guys just seeing how many people read on a daily basis, how much this matters to Chiefs fans? I, mean, I think it speaks to the Chiefs fan base. Um, it's, it's, it's almost, you know, it's almost an easy job just because, uh, you know, Chiefs fans are so passionate. Um, Kansas City is not the biggest market. Uh, you know, there are, there are more, you know, Giants or Jets fans out there. Um, but man, it's just, it's, it's tough to find a more passionate fan base. Um, and they, they show up in, you know, a bunch of different ways. They show up obviously on, on the radio tonight. Um, and then, uh, you know, all across the internet, um, on our site. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's really meaningful, um, you know, to me personally, uh, to kind of see, um, you know, folks attracted to, uh, Arrowhead Pride, because I think that's, uh, you know, you, you hear the name Arrowhead Pride, it should mean talking Chiefs all the time, because uh, that's what we set out to do, you know, years and years ago, and here we are, Thursday night in the middle of the summer, and uh, we've got a Chiefs show. I love it. 
Joel, before we let you go, I do need to ask you about your boy, of course, Patrick Mahomes. He was on Good Morning Football early this morning, and here's what he had to say about his no-look pass in Denver. This is what stood out to me the most. It, it was just an easy deep cross concept, one that I'm sure everybody in the NFL has. Uh, I step up in the pocket, and I kind of saw the linebacker was kind of covering the guy I wanted to throw to, so I knew if I looked up the field and acted like I was kind of running, I knew he would kind of squeeze in a little bit, and uh, I did, uh, for the most part, no-look it. Uh, I, I would grade it. I, I would. I would grade it as like a six out of ten on the no look scale. I think I've I've had some better, but uh, I mean that's Ooh. something that I've I've worked on uh, kind of throughout college, and then sometimes I didn't on the practice. I'm mean, not practice squad, but the scout team last year, and so uh, I'm gonna try to stay looking at the targets when I throw them this year. But I mean, it might come out. One game under his belt, the cockiness. Six out of ten. What's your reaction to that? I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, I'm like everybody else in Kansas City, been waiting on that franchise quarterback uh, for a long time, for my entire life. Um, so to hear something like that uh, and to hear the confidence and to see him actually, uh, you know, make these plays that he's talking about, I absolutely love it. I remember our, our film analyst, Kent Swanson, you'll hear from him later, uh, pointing out to me very early on that Mahomes has these no-look passes. And I I just didn't get it. Uh, I was thinking, you know, this isn't, this, you know, he's got a point guard. What do you mean no look passes? Uh, and then you actually see it and someone points it out to you, um, you know, that, that he's got this type of talent. It's, it's awesome. Uh, I love it. I cannot wait uh, for this season. Yeah, Steve Nash, maybe Jason Kidd, maybe the no look pass for the quarterback. Uh, not so much. Joel Thorman, the blog father. <laughs> we'll talk to you every single week, man. Thanks. Take care, guys. Speaking of that quarterback, you want to hear from him? Up next, Patty Cake Shake and Bake on 610 Sports Radio. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio right here on 610. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio, 610 Sports Radio, 610 Sports.com with Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, former Kansas City Chief. Sean Barber, who's breaking it down over there in the yeah, studio. Man. man, I didn't know you had moves like that. Yeah, man, that God's plan, man. It brings it out you, man. Sports machine, Sean Levine. We're taking you up here until 7 o'clock, even though it's, what, 95 degrees outside. Feels good to be talking a little bit of football. And coming up at the end of the show, Pete, we've got a big, big surprise. Yeah, one thing we've been doing uh, at Hourhead Pride, took over as editor-in-chief earlier this month, and what we're going to be doing is hiring a lot of people moving forward and we have i think one of the bigger announcements that the website has made in a while and what better time to do it than when we have our own radio show now on 610 sports radio in kansas city absolutely it doesn't get any bigger or better than this even though the chief season is still what a couple of months away from preseason we're getting excited we're going to break it down with everybody from the website we'll bring on craig stout he's also got our beer of the week you just got a chance to hear from joel thorman and then joining us later on in the show, Kent Swanson as well. But we talked about the quarterback a lot because he is the big question mark heading into this season. And we got a chance earlier this week to hear from the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he spoke uh, today right after a minicamp. Andy Reid actually decided to cancel the final practice of minicamp today because they do their gassers, their conditioning tests, and you know they wanted to get it done early in the morning. You mentioned the temperature, didn't want these guys sweating it out. So Reid and Mahomes... Uh, both spoke, and one question I got an opportunity to ask Mahomes was, 
you know, through all this, you know, there's so much hype. Like, aren't you ready? Just so to, much hype. Just to play a preseason game already? And here's what he said. Yeah, I mean, you, you get done with this last day and, and you go you go home. You're like, all right, I get to relax for a little bit. But then you, you spend like two days relaxing. You're like, all right, I'm ready to play football again. And so I'm, I'm excited for the season coming up. I'm going to try to take some time off just to get my body uh, so he, he's taking some time off just to get his, get his body right. And uh, then Andy Reid did get an opportunity to just discuss what Mahomes was able to do uh, throughout these OTAs. Yeah, so one of the things that we did was we wanted to come in and make sure we challenged him. And um, I thought he handled that very well. One of the big things for young kids is just a blitz game. So we put a big emphasis on that and uh, tried to give them a lot of different looks there. Uh, and Bob... Bob can do that. He's got a pretty good package of blitzes. So, uh, and I thought he handled that very well, even better than I expected. Uh, and then um, I, I really thought he handled the whole thing very well. It was, it was pretty smooth. So, again, I, I tried to challenge him with, with a number of plays. There, so, he handled it very well. So it's all good stuff, you know, I think during OTAs. But do you ever hear a coach, and we talked about this a little bit in the media room today after the press conference, have you ever heard a coach say, you know, that was a really bad mini camp. I don't know what we're going to do this year. I don't know, Sean. Did you ever hear that when you were playing? Did one of your coaches ever say, come on, man, even though it's only mini camp, you got to pick it up? No, nah, man. Andy is a guy. He's always positive. He's always pushing for the next challenge. But I, I, I did like what I heard from uh, Mahomes is talking about, you know, Andy talking about him. It's kind of like uh, return of the Mac, M-A-C, mindset, attitude, and how to challenge him. If, if Andy keeps those things Every week, pushing him, his mindset, his attitude, and then how to challenge him, finding ways using the blitz game, because that's what's going to happen early and often. People going to try to get to him. Uh, blitz game pressure to make him throw it before he's ready. And I think when, when you do that to a young guy with a big arm, you give up big plays. And so I'm looking forward to that. One thing that stood out to me from the press conference today was when Reed was going. I think last year, one of the bigger storylines was Marcus Peters wasn't there. Eric Berry wasn't there. Justin Houston, they decided to skip voluntary workouts. Yeah. And, and reporters were asking him, you know, Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports, formerly of the star, asking Andy Reid. And he kind of freaked out and said, you know, stop asking me. It's voluntary. And at the time, he said, you know, he, he just kept pushing that. It's voluntary. It's voluntary. It's voluntary. Then he was asked a question today. And if you listen closely, he's very, very happy that guys were present. This time, and I, and I'll get to go to my point in a second, but just listen to the words of Andy Reid. Yeah, so we have a lot of new faces. So I, I just think the fact that guys were here, and you, you start kind of building that team thing, that they kind of size up one another, they see the competition, uh, and then that they communicate. So um, we're gonna, I think, when it's all said and done, you know, and this is again premature, but I think when it's all said and done. Uh, Brett's going to have some tough decisions uh, to make. Hate it or love him for it. He keeps his stuff in-house. But what that said to me today was last year he must not have been too happy about it. And it's probably music to the ears of Chiefs fans now to, to say, okay, everyone was there, even though it was voluntary. Your Barry was there. Your Houston was was there. You know, Peters is now a Los Angeles Ram, so he really wasn't in the mix for that. But the fact that everyone was there pushing for this new goal, this new team, you got to like that as a chief. It's good that you don't have to talk about the vice versa because last year did get a little bit nauseating talking about, especially the younger guys. When you're talking, like, I feel like when you talk about anything that's voluntary, anytime the guys don't absolutely have to be there, if you're Justin Houston, man, you've had 22, what, sacks in a single season, you get the pass. If you're Eric Berry, 
you were third in NFL Defensive Player of the Year a few years ago. You get a little bit of a pass. But when it's a younger guy like Marcus Peters, that always rubbed me the wrong way. So, Barber, it's a good thing that everybody was there, and we don't at least have to have that conversation of who's not in. Hey, 10 seasons, I've never missed a mini camp, an OTA, a, a, a training camp day. Uh, in ten years, you know, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be. I wanted. To, I wanted to feel the fact that I was building it with the team. I don't want to get on uh, get on the train once it's going. I don't want to uh, miss anything. I want to be a part of the, the 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 sweat, the tears, the the heartache, the breaks, all those things, man. Like the wins, the losses. Um, when you look back at a season, if you've missed out on any part of that, man, you you feel a little incomplete. Especially with this team, Pete, it's a unique scenario where you're talking about a team since Andy Reid has been here that's won double digit games every year. They've won the West the last couple of seasons, but They've got this big unknown, this guy that they finally did what they haven't done in my entire life, which is go out, eyeball, and draft a quarterback. So the unknown is kind of fun right now, not knowing exactly if this team's going to be really, really good and win the division again, if they're just going to be okay. And it's still unknown. I mean, they, For sure. you haven't even seen them play a preseason game, and not that you can take away a ton from the preseason just because it is what it is, but at least you get to see some reps against a guy in a different jersey. And until you get to really do that, you're not going to be able to tell uh, what to expect from this team. Again, I was at a, out at OTAs. I'm just going to share three things that I, maybe that you can get from me because, again, with, with it being OTAs, there's no uh, fans out there. So things that I saw, I think that center could potentially be a bigger problem uh, for the Chiefs than uh, you realize. And, and that's because Mitch Morse... I don't think they have a definite timetable for when he's going to return. I tried to ask Andy Reid about the center position, uh, you know, to earlier today, and it just was a little unclear. And they have Cam Irving there, and center is not his best spot, but I think he's the best option there, and that's not going to be great if Mitch Morse continues to be injured. I think Sammy Watkins is in for a surprise for people, and that's because Watkins is doing things on the field that I haven't really seen from a receiver. The other day, he was falling to his you know, right side, able to catch it one hand with his left like a magnet. And you put him out there with Tyreek Hill, he's going to be open. And then final takeaway, Chiefs fans aren't going to like this, but Mahomes is going to need a little room to grow at the beginning. You hope he works it out in the preseason, but you, you saw overthrows, you saw interceptions. I know Reed kind of bailed him out earlier in training camp, or I'm sorry, in OTAs with what he said. There were interceptions. Uh, eventually, and Sean, you know all about this, there'll be tape on him. You know, sometimes guys uh, will show weaknesses as they go on. So give this kid a break. I may, You know, at the beginning, it may not be perfect, and I think Chiefs fans should accept that. What they need to realize is that eventually you're going to have to use Pat Mahomes' weakness as his strength. The fact that he's, 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 he's able to throw the ball from any angle, he hits you with the no-look passes, he has the ability to scramble, uh, keep the play alive, and still throw the ball 60, 70 yards down the field. Some see that as a weakness. They see it as being young, as being overly aggressive. But I think that Andy and the offense coordinators, um, offensive staff, are going to be able to use that weakness as a strength all year long, um, continue to develop and evolve the offensive game plan. Don't let it get stagnant. Don't let it get old. Um, keep defensive coordinators on their heels. And that's one thing Andy has been a mastermind is doing his entire career. Pete, a couple of thoughts on your thoughts. The center position is one of those things, like an umpire in baseball. You don't want to have to talk about it, but if you have to, it's not good. So hopefully Mitch Moore stays healthy and does his thing. As far as your point about Sammy Watkins, I completely agree. I think he's been a guy that's underachieved so far in an NFL uniform. Remember, Buffalo years ago traded up to get this guy. He's always thought of. He's got the big-time contract. He looks the part in the uniform. He was awesome in college, but he hasn't really lived up to the hype so far in the NFL. I think with this offense and all of the other weapons surrounding him, Sammy Watkins is going to have, at least by the numbers, 
his best season. And as far as your point on Patrick Mahomes goes and people being patient or internally, the rest of the team being patient, it has to happen, but will it? I don't think so, brother. Not, not in this city. It's just such a ready-to-go made offense right now with the tight end running back two wide receivers and a pretty good offensive line. There ain't no time to wait on this quarterback. You got about eight quarters, I think, of, of patience from Chiefs fans. I was going to give him 12, so I think that you're being kind. Speaking of kind, always, Kent Swanson coming up next of Arrowhead Pride, a guy that's broke down the college tape of Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk with him next. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610sports.com. No Royals baseball tonight. We're talking Chiefs here on 610 Sports Radio. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio until 7 o'clock right here on 610 with Eddie Murphy, <coughs> Sean Barber, and Pete oh, Sweeney oh, of Arrowhead all Pride. Way up. Yeah. Sports machine Sean Levine. And as much talk as we've had so far in the first 33 minutes about the quarterback, Pete, there's not really anybody that knows the college game of Patrick Mahomes than our next guest. Well, one of the things we do on ArrowheadPride.com is we try to dig deeper. And this next guest is someone that is really digging deep to find out, you know, what could this offense potentially look like? Because don't forget, in week 17, they adjusted it for Mahomes. So right now, this guy has been doing the building the Patrick Mahomes offense web series for us. His name is Kent Swanson. Kent, Swanson. Kent how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the first night of the show, fellas. Now, I want to know, I mean, and, and we're trying to dig deep on Mahomes because there's so much Mahomes talk in this city on every radio show. I want to know, as you've dug back, as you've gone to the Texas Tech tape, what's been the biggest thing that surprises you about this kid? Uh, about, about Pat, you know, I think, I think we've seen a lot of the concepts that I like from the Patrick Mahomes offense at Texas Tech already in Kansas City. So what I think is interesting is, you know, Andy Reid has done a very good job about already incorporating some of the things that uh, Pat did well at Texas Tech into the offense that he ran here uh, in Week 17 in the preseason, but even incorporated some of the things that, uh, that we saw in Texas Tech in what Alex was doing in the first, you know, 15 games of the season, too. Um, I think his you know, I think Pat's impact has already shown up just across the landscape of the entire season that he was here. And getting into specifics, though, you know, as you as you as you get in, even even if Alex had done it already, what are some things that maybe Chiefs fans should get ready to see when Week One comes around? Sure, We've, there's a lot of things that I, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see empty sets. Um, I think Pat is very comfortable with five man prote- protections with. Five receivers out uh, on routes. I think you're going to see a little bit more of that. And then kind of the inverse, I think you're going to see some two running back sets. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, a contrasting styles where you've got two running backs in the backfield uh, gives you some flexibility on the protections that they can give uh, to Mahomes uh, and, and still find really good ways to kind of get creative and get guys open. So I think it's, it's kind of a gamut. It's, it's, it's kind of running the gamut on, on personnel groupings and stylings that you're going to see. You're going to see vertical stretches. You're going to see, you know, quick game. You're going to see, you know, some screen games that he's unique, uniquely good at with his ability to get rid of the ball. I think there's a broad array of things that you're going to see. Uh, and it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be stretching and stressing defenses on all 
parts of the field. Kent, why should Chiefs fans be optimistic? Because essentially we're talking about a rookie quarterback that our guy's going to look more like Deshaun Watson opposed to Mitchell Trubisky or Nathan Peterman. You know, I think the one thing that those guys don't have is Andy Reid. And he's a unique offensive mind that has been able to maximize the abilities of quarterbacks everywhere he's went and with every quarterback he's thrown in there. Um, and, and what he's done so far with Pat is no different. He's found ways to play to his strengths, play into his comfortability, and allow him to grow within the system. And uh, we're already seeing, you know, moments of that, uh, the things that he stole to help incorporate, you know, the comfort zones of Pat uh, already. And I think we're just going to continue to see that, and they're going to continue to build with that. Oh, and by the way, he gets to start throwing in those concepts to guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and, uh, and Sammy Watkins. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now, there's plenty more where that came from at OurHeadPride.com. Again, Kent Swanson in the Building the Patrick Mahomes Offense series that continues as the summer rolls along. But I want you to talk about just one other series that you're doing, Ken. It's called Lottery Tickets. Just explain what that is and, and what, uh, which players that you've kind of focused on so far and who you like moving forward. Sure. And, you know, the lottery, the lottery ticket series is really built around, you know, looking at the bottom of the roster guys that, you know, the undrafted free agents, the, the guys that they signed to reserve future contracts off the street, you know, and trying to profile some of those guys that could potentially wind up on the 53-man roster. You, know, you see a lot of undrafted guys wind up making it in the NFL. And uh, there's a wide array of, of talents and skill sets the Chiefs have brought in. And we're profiling uh, a lot of them you know, at least once a week. Uh, one guy I'm a, a huge fan of, I'm very interested in, is a guy named Arian Springs. He's a cornerback from Oregon. And uh, actually, he, he was kind of highly regarded on some of the scouting sites as uh, a top 100 prospect even, so it was surprising he was still there. Not the greatest athlete, but for a press corner, uh, I think he's got a lot of interesting traits, and uh, he's really willing to kind of be physical in the run game as well. I, I like his makeup, and I'm kind of interested to see if he's able to stick here. Kent Swanson of Arrowhead Pride will join you. We'll speak with you every single week, man. Looking forward to all the stuff that you have, not just here on the radio, but on the website as well. Thanks, man. Thanks, fellas. Barbara, we've talked a lot about the offense, but as a defensive guy, I'm sure that's the side of the ball that you want to talk about. I think the offense is going to be really good. Maybe not as good as you think they're going to be, but potentially might this defense be in trouble if everybody doesn't stay healthy because I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and it looks pretty good, right? If you look at every single level, it looks okay. I just don't necessarily see a lot of depth. If anybody gets injured, I think this could be a long season on that side of the ball. I will say on, on, you know, here in Kansas City, one of the strong points of our defense over the, over, over the last few years has been the depth. Um, the concept of the defense is not based off of any one guy. Um, not moving corners to guard somebody's single receiver. Um, not flipping flop linebackers. Everybody just plays their position. That allows depth to be grown from younger players. They're, they're able to play faster because the, the positions don't, um, they, you know, they, they don't flip flop depending on offensive personnel. But when we talk about, you know, it, it comes down to matchups. Um, the, the way the league has gone now with offensive coordinators, they want to go spread. They want to go personnel, um, you know, go three wides, four wides to have you in nickel personnel the entire game because they, they think that having, you know, a Tyreek Hill, having a Chris Conley, having a Watkins, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, 
having those guys matched up against your starting defense is is wins across the board for the Chiefs. As a guy that played a decade plus, how important is a healthy Eric Berry coming back to this team? Uh, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's one of the uh, utmost important factors in, of the entire. Um, you know, the difference between week one, week two of our season and the rest of the season can be, I mean, kind of summed up in the fact that EB wasn't there on the defensive side of the ball. No doubt, his leadership skills, his his, his, his passion, his dedication, uh, all the thing, the discipline he has as far as having everybody lined up and, and ready to play each down is something that you can't um, you can't you can't recreate. Uh, one guy who does know this Chiefs defense and, and does some breakdowns on ArrowheadPride.com, his name is Craig Stout. Craig, you have been breaking down this Chiefs defense. Uh, you came back to us from the depths a couple weeks ago, and something that you touched upon this week that I was really interested in because I hear from Chiefs fans all the time, why is Justin Houston in coverage? This is their favorite joke to make on social media, so... As you reviewed it, why why is Justin Houston sometimes in coverage? Tell the people. Well, I you know welcome. I'm glad to be on, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, Justin Houston is in coverage as often as he is. A lot of times, just due to offensive personnel. Um, I posted in my article this week as I'm going through and charting every snap from the 2017 Chiefs defense that. Uh, when offense came out in 12 personnel, which is one running back and two tight ends, Bob Sutton went to a 3-4 defense almost exclusively. And when that happens, you have an outside linebacker that has coverage responsibility against the tight end or running back. And, well, offenses knew this, and so they would purposefully scheme to send a tight end or a running back out to Justin Houston's side, sometimes not even running a real route. Uh, the Chargers in the Week 15 game kind of sent their backup tight end over there and had him run a little five-yard out and just kind of stand there so that they take Justin Houston out of the play. It's almost like they were blocking him using that. So, But in, in the grand scheme of things, fans should relax a little bit when it comes to seeing him in coverage once in a while. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, you guys talked about at the very start of the show about how the Chiefs defense was – good in the first month of the season and then kind of took a downhill turn. Well, if you read my article, I charted, you know, every outside linebacker coverage snap. The first month of the season, the Chiefs had their outside linebackers in coverage all the time, and it didn't seem to be a problem. I mean, the Patriots game, the uh, Bob Sutton dropped an outside linebacker into coverage over half of the passing snaps, and it worked against Tom Brady, and it worked against Carson Wentz. So there are situations where it's, it really is okay that there's an outside linebacker in coverage. Craig, we've got a swear jar in my house, and you're actually not allowed to say Bob Sutton, and you've said it twice, so you actually owe me 50 cents next time we catch up with each other. What, well, should, right, yeah. what should the fans' confidence level be in that guy? Because a lot of guys after that Tennessee game went off with his head. He's the problem. It's not necessarily personnel, but it's on the coaching staff. How long is the leash for Bob Sutton, and what should the confidence level be with that guy? Oh, I, I do think that there are some legitimate complaints about the personnel, and there are legitimate complaints about Bob Sutton. I'm going to hedge my hedge here, but I think that Bob, when given fully healthy personnel, and granted that's not last year mm -hmm. and that's not 2016, can be a good defensive coordinator. Now, 
whether or not you deem that to be, you know, worthy of keeping around, you know, if he's not getting the most out of his players, I understand that argument. But I think if this team is healthy and with the new pieces added, Breland Speaks, Dorian O'Daniel, Derek Nagy, I think those guys are solid foundational guys that will help Bob run more flexible schemes. Craig, aside from just defensive breakdowns, you are a beer connoisseur, you're a beer maker. One thing you're going to be doing for us each week is giving us your beer of the week. What is the beer that Chiefs fans should know about this week? Well, we're staying KC local this week, and I'm going to recommend Torn Labels Alpha Pale Ale. It is fantastic summer beer. It's got a nice body to it. It's just poppy enough without going overboard and really scorching your taste buds, and it's nice and crisp. It's, it's perfect. If Say you it again. Had it, What's the beer called? It. Say it again. Tor- Alpha Pale Ale. I'm writing this down. Alpha Pale Ale. Okay. Got it. Alpha Pale Ale. How's this stuff taste? How's this stuff taste? Yeah. A little bit hoppy. That's nice, a, nice and crisp, though. Clean finish. Very clean. Levine, finish. are you ready to get hoppy? Uh, I'm all, <laughs> oh, Pete, I'm always ready to get hoppy. <laughs> Happy, hoppy, whatever I'm getting. Let's do it. Craig, great stuff as always, man. Looking forward to your coverage next week, always online on the website. And, of course, next week's Beer of the Week. Take care, man. All right. Later, guys. Sean Barber, Pete Sweeney, Sports Machine, Sean Levine. Coming up next, we'll wrap things up. Pete, it's time for our big surprise. I am, I'm very ready for this. So am I. On the other side, we reveal what it is. Right here on Arrowhead Pride Radio, 610sports.com. Drums, please. And the show rolls on. Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride, Sean Barber, former Kansas City Chief Sports Machine, Sean Levine. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio here on 610 Sports Radio. We've talked to a lot of people, but it is now time to reveal tonight's big surprise. And I want people to understand something. You're going to hear this guy's name. And you may not know who he is specifically, but let me give you his resume. 12 years of NFL experience as a medical assistant. Injuries happen in football all the time. Chris Conley just said the other day, if you play football, there's a 100% chance you're going to get injured. We know Especially that, for this team. We know that injuries happen on the field almost every play. What if there was somebody at Arrowhead Pride who could see a play and give you a pretty good idea of what that injury was, and then instantly be able to tell you, okay, if it is this injury, and it'll probably be correct most of the time, I would say, this is how long it'll take for him to get back. Instantly, in a video, on social media, in an article online, the former Chiefs and Eagles athletic trainer Aaron Borgman. Welcome to the Arrowhead Pride World Order. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. So... For the people that don't know you, can you just give a little bit of information about your NFL experience? Yeah, so uh, I was in Philadelphia for seven years, and then I came to Kansas City for the last five. I'm a physical therapist. I'm an athletic trainer. I've been on the sideline for almost every game over the last 12 years. Um, I, I've been around a little bit. Um, I've seen a lot of things. I've been to a couple Pro Bowls. Didn't get as far as I wanted to uh, as far as playoffs, but... Uh, been through a lot of games. How has it been now that you've left the league, so to speak? So, uh, just for clarification, I left the league because I wanted to start something new. Uh, I started my own business, and I have been enjoying that. I've been enjoying a lot of time with my family, uh, seeing my kids, and uh, just taking some time to take a breath. 
and and that's giving you time to explore other things. I, I think just for our readers and, and now our listeners here on Hourhead Pride Radio, uh, what specifically do you think expertise-wise that you can bring to the table even moving forward? Again, you know, we won't be talking about a lot of former things. This is going to be all new stuff. So what do you think you can bring to the table? So the thing that I want to educate everybody on is the stuff that goes on that no one hears about, uh, the processes, uh, the way things are rehabbed, not specifics per se, but just this is what you can expect to see. This is what's happening on this day, this day, this day of the injury process. Here's what you can expect to see. If you see this, expect to see that. Just generalities, really, more than anything. But for your viewership and for your listenership, it's a great opportunity to see behind the curtain, so to speak. Aaron, the last couple of seasons, injury bug has certainly bit this team, which is not unique. Every NFL team, most players end up with at least one or two significant injuries. But the Chiefs lost... I would say their most important player overall, and Eric Berry, a couple of games into the season. What's a realistic expectation for him, game one, out the gate, to be back at 100%? Well, I think if you take a look back at his career and what he's done, um, I mean, it's just remarkable the type of person he is and the type of athlete he is. If, if you guys have been out there at practice and you've been seeing him go full speed, I think that's what you can expect. I'm not sure that anybody expects any less from that, and I haven't been there. I haven't seen it. But from everything that you guys say and that I read, I don't think you should expect anything less than what you guys know of Eric Berry. You are Aaron Borgman. He's the new medical expert at OurHeadPride.com. Aaron, thank you for joining us this week. Hopefully we don't hear a lot from you, really, when it comes down to it. But uh, when we do, we know we'll be getting some good information. Pete, I'm here to help any way I can. All right, thanks, Aaron. I like all the different angles that we have, and that's what Arrowhead Pride kind of does because now we've got the health perspective. We've got what you do, of course. We've got the blog father, and across from me, I've got Sean Barber. So quickly because we've got a couple of minutes left, what's a realistic expectation for this team? I said the most difficult thing in the history of Las Vegas, and I've got a little bit of the gambling gene, is trying to figure out what the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs are going to do because in this town, the ultimate optimism, everybody thinks they're going to win the division again. They're going to win double-digit games. But again, we go back to the big unknown, the quarterback. So Sean Barber, as a guy who thinks the offense is going to be really, really good this season, how good do you think the team is going to be? What's a fair win-loss record heading into this season? Um, you can always go with 10 wins. Andy Reid will get you 10 wins. I don't care if it's a snowy day in H-E-L-L or whatever. Um you know, my resume said, you know, I'm a five-time VAFL fantasy championship. So I, wear, right? I wear fantasy rings around all the time. Uh, two years of scouting, two years of coaching. Uh, one year I shadowed uh, Dorsey at the Combine. So, I mean, I've seen teams be built from all different angles. And I can tell you when I see a winner, and uh, this year I see a winner, man. I see I see the team. You know, everybody wants to talk about peeling back the onion and, and over-examining the defense and Bob Sutton. I'm ready I'm ready for Bob Sutton to leave when he misses a tackle, when he drops an interception, or he blows coverage. When he does one of those three things, then I'm ready for Bob Sutton to leave. But until that happens, I mean, he calls the defense. The players got to go out there and execute. It's a, it's a player-driven league. You got players, you got ballers, they perform, they do what they're supposed to do, and usually you end up in the top ten. Barber's not the only Sean in studio with a little football experience. <clears throat> Eighth grade, Harmony Thunderbirds <laughs> undefeated. What say you, Pete Arrowhead Pride? What's a fair win-loss total? Because I think the expectation in this city might be a little bit too high. Well, you, you think that because you mentioned the gambling theme, or, or I'm sorry, the gambling gene, and you look at Las Vegas, and they've been saying eight and a half is the number nine, and that does worry me a little bit because they can't be wrong. You know what I mean? So it does worry me a little bit. But I, for me, 
it's got to be 10 wins or higher. I just I just think there's too much around Mahomes, and for all the promise that they're giving him, I think he'll be good enough. I see no reason this team takes a step back with as much talent as they have on that side of the ball. Again, it comes down to that quarterback. Thanks to all of our guests from Arrowhead Pride, we visited with Aaron Borgman, the blog father himself, Joel Thorman, Kent Swanson, and the guy who brought us the beer of the week. That was Craig Stout, former Kansas City Chief, Sean Barbara, Julio Sanchez behind the glass. Of course, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. We'll be back at 6 o'clock next Thursday. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio right here on 610sports.com. Looking in my